fasten your seatbelt. I'm taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. Patrick. It's a it's a Sean Connery movie, Patrick. I'm not doing the accent, John. You should. I'm not gonna do it. I'm you not should. gonna do it. One quote only. Not nope. Nope. Not oh. gonna do it. <laughs> I failed. I failed miserably the one time. I will not I will not relive that. Do it again. <laughs> the day is mine. That's a different Sean Connery. I'll take swords. That's S words, Mr. Connery. Oh, Patrick, it's a 30-something. I don't know if you know where you are. It's a 30-something movie podcast. Did you? Is it, that where you intended to be? This is where I intended to be, John. That's excellent. That's excellent. It I, is I think most I excellent. Like, I, I think I stumbled in here, but I think this is where I'm meant to be. Yes. So how are you doing? I'm doing good, John. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Where is, where is it? Here it is. Fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I... Uh, Someone actually made that reference about our co-host Dennis the other day. Oh, did they really? He was trying, yeah, he was trying to lead an activity. We were coaching and he was trying to get, and like the kids were like sort of not getting it. And he was just like, what? And he was, and then one of our other coaches says, have you ever seen that Friends episode with Ross? I'm fine. I'm fine. That's kind of how Dennis is right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is hilarious. So we are, we are well uh, aware of the Ross fine reference. mm Mm-hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I'm fine. Yes. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. <sighs> it's like the what is it like the second week of school now? If even? Maybe. If even? I maybe. I I don't know what has happened to time or so here's we'll pull back the curtain a little bit for for our folks that are not necessarily Patreon subscribers. For our Patreon subscribers, we have, I feel like my voice went really high there. I'm fine. For our Patreon subscribers, zoink, Scoop, we do the, we do a couple of, well, actually do like three episodes a month for our Patreon folks, and because we love them so much, we have the Patreon exclusive episode, which is like a regular sized episode, of which we are going to be recording one of those tonight. After we're done with this one, we're going to be talking about the Dark Crystal from 1982, but we also do a couple of Patreon shorts every month, and I usually do, it's like 15-minute little short deals on some other movies, and I did Creep Show not that long ago, which was, was fun to go back to and watch again. But I knew we had to do a little bit of shuffling around of our schedule here, because Jeff and I were going to do The Secret of Nim, that uh, mm-hmm. that uh, Don Bluth animated movie from 1982. Right. We just, we just couldn't match up the schedule. So we're going to push that one back to, I think, October, and we're going to do that one. But I'm like, oh, 
I gotta get something to fill the slot here for the second Patreon short. What am I gonna do? So I jumped on Tubi, which is like, you wanna go find old movies and, and especially mm -hmm. like 80s and 90s and 70s stuff. And it, it's great for that. So I jumped on Tubi and I found some that were hitting their 40th anniversary. And I watched mm -hmm. The Class of 1984. Have you ever seen that Class? movie? I have not. Okay. I am not aware. Okay. So it is about a gang of kids. It's about a, a new teacher starting his first day. He's actually a, a orchestra teacher, music teacher. Oh, there and you go. There starting, you go. Starting his first day at a kind of rundown inner city high school. And the idea of this movie was made and released in 1981 and 82. But it's Class of 84 because there's an opening title card at the beginning of the movie saying violence is overtaking our American schools. While they aren't like this yet, in a couple of years they could be. And so he starts his first day at the school and there's this gang of kids that basically runs the entire school. One of the teachers that he first meets before I think he even gets into the building shows him that like he's carrying a gun with him. He's like, well you're going to need it. Like, you Make sure you get one because you'll need it in this place. And it, it gets pretty intense as the movie goes on. Okay. And so I watched this movie. I was like, I've never seen this one. I'll, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. So I watched it. So I'm, I'm getting to the whole point of like how life has been hectic and, and our schedules mm -hmm. and everything else. Mm -hmm. um, so I watched it and I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to have time to record this because this one day, like I got to take one of the kids here. My wife has got to take the other kid here. And then like, I got to fix dinner and then I've got this meeting over here. And then we're recording our podcast here. And the like, I'm looking at the calendar and there's like no empty spaces anywhere on the calendar. Mm -hmm. And most of the work days lately, like usually I might try to record something during my lunch break or something like that. And the lunch breaks have not been conducive to doing anything other than like maybe chowing down on some leftover steak in the car or something like that. Mm -hmm. So basically what I did the other night was I got home and I had some salmon I was going to be cooking on the grill. And I'm like, you know what? I've, I've got these new kind of like little portable little portable mic deal or I can just use my phone with my AirPods. I, I got to mm -hmm. get this episode out. So let me just do it. So I did. I like popped in my AirPods and the audio quality was so, so, and I already apologized to our Patreon friends for that. But uh, so basically the Patreon short for class of 1984 was me recording it while I'm grilling salmon on the grill. <laughs> nice. So I'm like, I That's truly, awesome. I truly turned it into the 30 something food podcast. Because That's, I, I was making food while recording a podcast. Well, and that was kind of what we will, that was kind of what we started about. Like, that's kind of like the coming full circle. I know. I should have played mariachi music while I did it. I, yeah, I know what you're saying. I did. When I, I wasn't, re saying. when I wasn't recording, I, I did have Jimmy Buffett on, but you know, I should have, I should have pulled the mariachi music to really go back to our first episode. Right. Right. It is what it is, Pat. I feel like I feel like I'm using that phrase a lot lately. It is what it is. Yeah, that's that's all. That's really that's it, man. People's, like people's, I mean, people's is people's. People's is people's, and you know, you find more and more people just wanting to get angry about stuff. Yeah, and it's like I, 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 I don't know what to tell you. Like that's out of my control. You know, I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Pat, <laughs> Pat, it, it doesn't do any good to get mad. Right. I, my my motto is don't get mad, get even keeled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's where I'm at right now. Patrick, we spoil things around here, so I'm I'm warning you right now. Yes. I mean I, you've seen the movie, but I'm just warning you. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to spoil stuff as we talk. Have you been to our website lately? You know what? I kind of 
I got to be honest, I have not been to our website that's lately. Okay. That's all right. Well, you're a host of the I, show. so I, I have it. failed the podcast. I No, this is not like I'm a host, so I, I kind of. Right. <laughs> this, is, this is not like a Green Arrow thing. Like, I'm not going to hunt you down and tell us you failed this podcast. Right. I, I know, but I but why don't you fill me in on what I'm missing? What am I and our listeners that are not going to the website, what are they missing? They should go to the website. There's a lot of good stuff there. They're missing actually quite a few things. Like that's a mm-hmm. easy place. Like one of the things about our website is we try to make it as easy as possible. If you want to leave us a voicemail, we kind of ditched, I mean, we still have it, but we kind of ditched the old voicemail line. There is a button right on our website, a little, little microphone-shaped button that should be in like the bottom corner of it. If you're looking on a computer or tablet or phone, it might be in a slightly different spot. But there's a little microphone button. If you want to leave us a voicemail, which we would love to hear from you, we do get to interact with folks on Twitter and through our Patreon page and things like that. But we would love to hear from you. We, we love voicemails because we get to hear your voice, and we'll, we'll play it on the air if you want us to. If you don't want us to, just let us know that, and we'll react to it and, and answer your questions or react to your you know, your feedback on something, or if you tell us, hey, I, here's my answer to the three questions you guys did. So we love doing that, and that's easy to do on our website. Also, it's got a great place, easy to leave a rating on there, whether it's going to be done through, like, Apple Podcasts or your your podcast app of choice, whatever you use. But there is a spot on there where you can go there and, and do that through the website as well. You can also go to a section that is the Donate tab, and that is where you can become a co-executive producer, which is what we call our Patreon patrons, and that's where you get all that bonus content that we were talking about just a minute ago, Um, as well Mm -hmm. as there are some other tiered options there for ways that you can interact with the show or come on the show or whatever you'd like to do. So anybody who who goes on to Patreon at any amount, even like just a dollar a month, for less than the cost of a cup of coffee a month... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you could mm-hmm. probably feed some children and get bonus content on a podcast. Exactly. So exactly. That's awesome sauce. I don't right have, there. I don't have, I should get like Sally Struthers <laughs> to come on here and do that part, but no, I, I'm going to have to find some other celebrity. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Do we want to make it, do we want to make it like the Sally Struthers? Isn't that the save the animals one? Was it? I thought that maybe that was one of the like, you know, save the children ones. Was it save the children? What was the one with the animals? And it just, you well, know. Well, there was Sarah McLaughlin was, had the, like, really sad dog oh, eyes. And the, like, God, the, that's, the, that's yeah. the one I'm thinking of. That oh, my gosh, that, that one. Would, I'm not even. I, yeah, I, I we can't. That's justice, just so. that's just going to bring it all down. We just can't be having that. Yeah, that's, I'm not going to even try to sing that because, number one, it's probably copyright infringement. Number two, it's it's morally wrong for me to even try to sing. <laughs> right. So. Right. You agreed with that real fast. I, I think it's just morally wrong for any of us to go there. Okay. I, right. I, to be honest with you. All right. Do you think it's morally wrong to try a Sean Connery impersonation? I just, I just think that's. You just, you're not going to do it. It is for me. You, I, I'm not going to do it. Go back and. Um, right. If I call you money, go Patrick, back and. If I call you money, Patrick, would you do it? <laughs> Not gonna happen, John. Not, not I'm not happen. go right. back and listen to it for, for Red October. That's incentive. That's incentive for our listeners to go back and that one. It was it was it was crickets after that one. It was it was not good. It was not good. Yeah. I mean, you, you gave it an effort. And I honestly I don't even remember. I, so. It was I know you're trying to blank it out. Yeah, I, I really honestly do not remember. 
Oh man, it was it was rough, John. It was rough. Uh-huh. But, but maybe let's start the podcast and let's see. I might maybe I'll be incentivized to give it a one more shot. Okay. All right. We'll see what we do. All right. Mm-hmm. Before we jump into the movie, we do have this is our our first movie of this month. So, believe it or not, this is our fir- I mean, it, I'm looking at the year. I'm like looking at the calendar of all of our movies and everything else. And we have like flown through 2022, and uh, so basically we are we're in uh, September now. We're here. Mm-hmm. We've arrived. This is what we're calling our "Staying Alive" month. So the theme of our movies has something to do with staying alive or surviving or health or something like that. So our first episode this month is the 1992 movie "Medicine Man" with Lorraine Bracco and Sean Connery, Sir Sean Connery. He was knighted, so. His Sir Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, try saying that in a Sean Connery accent. Sir Sean. Sir, Sir, <laughs> Sir Sean. Sir Sean. Sir Sean. Which, which I believe was a character in Deep Space Nine. Was it not? Sir Sean? Sir Sean? I don't know. I'm just making that up. Oh, okay. I was going to say, it sounds like it could be. It kind of sounds like a Star Trek character. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, before we, since this is our first episode of this month, at the beginning of each month, we always do... A little little time travel. We go back in time oh, that's to right. Do we go back in time to this month in 1992? So let's hop in the DeLorean, fire up the flux capacitor, make sure it's fluxing as it should be, and we're going to mm-hmm. go back to September of 1992. Oh, when this baby hits All right, so on September 10th of 1992, in the Peanuts cartoon in the newspapers, Lucy raises her psychiatric help price from $0.05 cents to $0.47. Cents. Oh, Inflation. Okay. Inflation, Pat. I wonder what it would be now. Yeah, she's, I don't know. She's probably charging a couple hundred dollars, I'm guessing. It's a, it's probably a couple hundred dollars. She's yeah. Had, yeah, I bet. September 12th, Mae Jemison is the first African-American woman to go into space aboard the Endeavor. Yes, September 25th, Gregory Kinsley, age 12, wins the right to divorce his parents and live with his foster parents. He changes his name to Sean Russ. Mm-hmm. Do you remember okay. that happening? <sighs> vaguely, very vaguely. It's like, oh, I remember something about that, but I can't. Yeah. It's not like, oh, yeah, I remember when this happened. You I, know, rem- it's not- I, I vividly remember when that happened okay. because I was I turned 12 in 92. Okay. So I was about the same age, and not that I'm sitting there going, aha, the day is mine. I could now divorce my parents. and it, Not that that, but then it was like one more thing that when I got mad at my mom and dad, I'm like, well, you know what? I'll just divorce you. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Yeah. The, the moment you don't get dinner on time, you're going to come back. Yes. So. Yeah. Like yeah. that divorcing. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's just funny. To me. But I remember that. I remember like, ooh, this kid divorced his parents. I will I'll keep that in my back pocket. No, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not really. Not at all. Oh man. Births. September sixteenth, Nick Jonas, American singer, actor, and oh. producer from the Jonas Brothers, is born in Dallas, Texas. There you go. There of, you go. A lot of really great people born in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, man. Tech, there you go. Men- men- Texas. Mentioning for a friend, you know. 
Yeah, just, mm-hmm. I got this friend. Yeah. This one's a little bit more problematic. A September 30th, Ezra Miller, American actor who was in Fantastic Beasts, was the Flash in Justice League. They are born in Wyckoff, New Jersey. I, I say problematic. Did you hear about all the legal troubles that Ezra Miller is having? Yeah, just one or two. Yes, <laughs> yes I have. Yes. So they, they are having a bit of difficulty. And from everything I've heard, I, I hope that they are... I think they have been already, but I hope that they are apprehended and get the help that they need and maybe spend a little bit of time in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but still, but still release the Flash movie because I. <laughs> That's I, I, right. I would like to see it. Like I would like for the proceeds instead of instead of Ezra Miller getting paid for the Flash movie, I'd like the proceeds to go to some charity or something. Um, mm-hmm. But I still want to see the movie because spoiler alert. There we go. Michael Keaton is going to show up in it as Batman. Yeah. So I, I still very much want to see that. And I believe there's going to be a new Supergirl in that movie as well. Right. So, right. It, so. It's, it's going to be like time travel, parallel Earth, multiverse, hopping kind of stuff. So just, just still bring the yeah. movie out. Don't cancel the movie, but just don't don't pay Ezra Miller. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a medium, there's a middle ground that we can win. Right. Mm-hmm. Deaths, I had September 12th, Anthony Perkins from Psycho. Oh. He was an American oh. actor and singer, dies from AIDS at the age of 60. Okay. Top well, there sports you go. in 92, September 92, September 19th, Barry Bonds joins Willie Mays, Howard Johnson, okay. and Ron Gant as having two 30 home run, 30 steal MLB seasons. Okay. Okay. I remember that. Top books. Top books for September of 92 were Gerald's Game by Stephen King, Where is Joe Merchant by Jimmy Buffett, and The Pelican Brief by John Grisham. Oh, okay. Top movies were Honeymoon in Vegas, Sneakers, and The Last of the Mohicans. Okay. And and I believe I might have a copy here of the top song that came out. Let's see. Do I have it here? Top song, September 92. I can't let go, Pat. I, yes. It's unnatural. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That is End of the Road by Boys to Men. That was the top song mm-hmm. in September of 92. Right. So. Right. All right. Are we ready to take our medicine, Pat? John, it's time to take our medicine. Let's take our medicine. All right. So our movie this time around, uh, this section of the podcast is called Trivia Pursuits. We'll give you a little bit of information on the movie, a little bit of trivia, and then we'll get into talking some of the major moments of the movie. So this one is Medicine Man. It came out on the 7th of February, 1992, rated PG-13. Runtime of one hour, 46 minutes, directed by John McTiernan, who also did Die Hard and Predator. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, very much the jungle movie kind of guy here. Yeah, yeah. He has, he has that thing down. Mm-hmm. You imagine if Sean Connery, like I'm trying to replace, I'm thinking of like replacing John McClane 
and Arnold Schwarzenegger's character with Sean Connery. I yeah. think that'd be awesome. Put Sean Connery in Die Hard. That would be that would be quite a thing, man. Yes, come out to the coast, have a few laughs. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do it yet. I'm not wound <laughs> No, you're not. You're not gonna do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can't. <laughs> oh boy. Come on, kill me. Do it. See, you're so you're, good at it. It just you're one for, ugly just... mother. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, granted, if we have Sean Connery, unless he did a lot of weightlifting, if we had Sean Connery, we would not get the scene of Apollo Creed and the Terminator grasping their arms and, and with the bulging biceps and everything else. But, right. Right. So I think that alone, that moment alone is enough to say, I think we're fine with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, I think everything, yeah, everything worked as it was supposed to. Time for time progressed as it was supposed to in this timeline. Mm-hmm. Writers were Tom Shulman and Sally Robinson. Shulman did Dead Poets Society, What About Bob? Robinson did a TV show called A Fine Romance and then a movie called A Far Off Place. Producers were Donna Dubrow and Andrew G. Vajna, who died in 2019. Dubrow did The Favor and Amanda. Vajna did Evita and Total Recall. Get, get yourself to Mars. Uh, see, I'm just trying to like replace everything. Else. Yeah, I know. And that, yeah, that, that's fine. That's all good. That's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. fine. I'm fine. fine. Yeah. The music was done by Jerry Goldsmith, who died in 2004. He did Star Trek First Contact and L.A. Confidential. Oh, look, you've broken your little ships. (laughs) No, I don't know. I don't know. Can you imagine? No, can you imagine Sean Connery as Captain Picard? That could actually actually work. Sean Connery as a Star Trek captain could be very cool. That could be. He's dead now, but. He's, he's so, dead, Jim. Hey, so was Grand Moff Tarkin, and he appeared. I mean, that's true. That's true. We could we could digitally add Sean Connery to things. Okay, but but tastefully, tastefully. Yes, tastefully done. One, one scene only, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Cinematography was done by Donald McAlpine, who did Moulin Rouge and Predator. Editor was Michael R. Miller, who did Raising Arizona and Miller's Crossing. Budget was forty million, box office forty-five million. So it did not, it did not make back. I mean, it made back its budget, but not by a whole lot. Flick Metrics gives us a forty-nine percent, and Cinema Score gives it a B plus. Okay. This is starring Sean Connery, who died in twenty twenty. He played Doctor Robert Campbell. He was in the James Bond movies, The Untouchables, The Rock. Give me five minutes, and he'll be in pretty much everything else. Lorraine Bracco played Doctor Ray Crane. She was in Goodfellas and The Sopranos. Jose Wilker, who died in 2014, played Dr. Miguel Ornega. He was in a TV show called Her Own Destiny and another one called The Man in the Black Cape. Jose Lavat, who died in 2018, was the government man. He was in The Harvest and a movie called El Aviso Inopportuno. Some quick trivia I've got for us here. So Sean Connery's hairstyle is actually based on Jerry Goldsmith, the composer's hair. Nice. I heard that. That's very cool. So Jerry Goldsmith, you know, I guess is rocking the ponytail regularly. And he and Sean Connery met somewhere and, and Connery was like, I, I want your hair. And Goldsmith was like, it's mine. You can't have it. And when they were starting to make this movie, Sean Connery was like, well, I really feel like that ponytail look would fit this character perfectly. So that's what I'm going to do. Mm hmm. 
that works for me. Yeah. If if you have not noticed, and being the English major and English teacher that I was, this movie is kind of a a. I'm not gonna say a remake. It's it's kind of a different take on the by Joseph Conrad called Heart of Darkness. Did you ever have to read that in school? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like the whole idea of like going into the wilderness, this is Apocalypse Now is based off of that. Right. Though I, yes, I was definitely, Yeah. I remember in school when we read it, we watched Apocalypse Now. We kind of did a study on both of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. So in certain ways, this is kind of a, a little bit of a tribute to the story of Heart of Darkness. So you've got the, the same oh, okay. kind of idea of going into the jungle and kind of there, there's a sense that Dr. Campbell is is maybe gone native, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. and uh, has maybe kind of lost his mind a little bit and is not, yeah. uh, not the okay. man that he was before. So that could be seen as being kind of a, a take on this movie. Okay. Um, when this movie premiered at the El Capitan Theater, it was number one at the box office the opening weekend. It was bumped out of the top spot the next weekend by Wayne's World, which we just did two weeks ago. All right. Yeah, there you go. And let's let's see how you feel about this. This may come up in conversation later on, too, but Lorraine Bracco was nominated for a Razzie Award for her performance in this film. I Did, did her performance bother you? No, I, I, and I, boy, and I just don't want to sound, boy, I don't want to sound judgy because I am not the one to be telling an actor or actress how to do their thing. Yeah. But I, I, I wonder if, so I'm not going to point the finger at a certain, an individual, but I'll point the finger at some nameless kind of thing. I wonder if it, it's, it's like what they tried to make the character to be didn't seem to, it didn't seem to quite fit. Yeah. So I'll just point my finger. I don't want to, I don't want to, man, I don't even have the street cred to like tell an actor or an actress, like, you know, what they should be or shouldn't be doing. So I don't want to go there, but yeah, I, that was one thing that in the movie, it just, it seemed to be what they were trying to do. They were asking her to go in a direction that didn't seem to flow with the movie. I think yeah. if she would have gone in a other, like, I think she has the chops to oh, yeah. be able to, but I, I just think it kind of they kind of went in the wrong direction with it. Yeah, and we'll, that, I'm, we'll yeah we'll, we'll talk about this more a little bit later. But I there were there were moments where I'll I'll talk more about her performance and other stuff later when we when we get to that point. But the one thing I will say is, and and this is a little bit of a I'm going to be stereotyping here just a little bit. <laughs> there is something to be said for, and I know that her her accent and everything that she's supposed to be from the Bronx and that explained her accent and and all that. However, I would also feel the same way if she was in in a movie, in the movie setting, if she was supposed to be kind of this like high-powered research scientist, doctor type person, and if she had a real thick Southern drawl. Mm-hmm. That d- that does not mean that Southern people can't be doctors. Like I, I, I'm from Texas. I used to have a very very thick accent. However, in a movie, in a movie, I do feel like sometimes the accents of characters can get in the way and and maybe break the illusion just a bit. 
Yeah. There was, a, I used to have one of the, uh, the CDs of Jeff Foxworthy's stand-up routine. Uh, mm-hmm. one, one of his stand-up specials that he did. And one of the things he talks about in there is the fact that there's just something about a Southern accent and you don't necessarily want your brain surgeon sounding like mm-hmm. somebody who goes, well, now what we're going to do is we're going to saw the top of your head off right, and root around in there with a stick and see if we can't find that dad burn clot. <laughs> right. You don't right, want right. that. And I don't know. There was just something about I, maybe the accent was just too strong or too much or there's other reasons why I think her her performance was – leaving a bit to be desired at times yeah i <laughs> but the the accent i don't think helped like and i would say that too if if she had a like super thick southern accent i'd probably say the same thing i'm like i don't know it just it's a fictional movie and it if, if well, i'm sitting there talking like this and you expect to think that i'm a research assist, a research scientist who's like really well known in their field and i'm just that's yeah that's a little I, awkward I, well, I, again, I boy, I'm just wanting to tread carefully because it's. I'm, I, I'd like I to thank. To tr- I'd like to thank all of our southern friends for having been with us for the 429 episodes of our show. We're sad to see you go. Thank you for being with us. We love you all. I apologize for having offended every single one of you. Well, I, I don't know, John. As long as you're not talking about Texas football versus Oklahoma football, I think we'll be somewhat safe. But they, they, whoa, um, they have football in Oklahoma. All right. So anyways, moving on, moving on, plowing ahead. I think, I think, I think. Plowing ahead like a bulldozer through the Amazon rainforest. I, I think the biggest thing, and we're, should we like introduce the movie and get into it or are we kind of into it already? I see. I don't want to, I don't know if we want to put the cart before the horse. We derailed things slightly, but I I do at some point probably just need to play the trailer. So I, let me do the synopsis. Let me do my. uh, Don LaFontaine synopsis. synopsis, and then we'll do the trailer, and then we'll get into our, our major moments here. Yes. All right, so this movie, in a world where Sean Connery is a brilliant, eccentric scientist who has lived in the Amazon jungle for the last six years, he may just have discovered it. No, wait, hold on. I'm not doing it in that voice. In a world where Sean Connery is a brilliant, eccentric scientist who has lived in the Amazon jungle for the last six years, he may have just discovered a cure for cancer. Dr. Ray Crane is sent by the pharmaceutical company they both work for to check up on him. Upon arrival, she contends with Campbell's reluctance to work with a woman. I like this is turning into like a little bit of Patrick Stewart, a little bit of Ian McKellen. I don't know mm-hmm. what's happening, but the two must join forces to fight commercial loggers intent on destroying the jungle and research his cure all while falling in love, Pat. Here is the trailer. What? I, yeah. Falling in love. All while okay. falling in love, Pat. It's All right. A, it's a love story. Did, didn't you get that? Well, I know Gladiator was too, so. I mean, they all are, but here's the trailer and we'll, we'll talk about it. Robert Campbell has gone deep into the Amazon rainforest into a world of astonishing beauty, a land of ancient mystery, where he's made an amazing discovery. What is it you think you've got? I don't think. I know. 
You found the cure for cancer, and all you can say is, I know. There's just one problem. You did what? I've lost. Haven't you ever lost anything to pass your car keys? Well, it's rather like that. Now you have it, now you don't. A miracle without proof is only a miracle. Now, they must rediscover that miracle. None of the new samples work. Before it all disappears. We need help. Don't you presume to tell me how to follow up. Now, you move your road through here, and we've lost it. Hollywood Pictures presents Sean Connery and Lorraine Bracco in a John McTiernan film, Medicine Man. He turned his back on civilization. Now I understand why you don't want to leave. Only to discover he had the power to save it. They obviously worship you. It's the other way around. All right, Patrick. Did, did you get the sense that this was a love story? Well, sure. I mean, it's a love story, Pat. I've also, I've also been, I've also been called out because I thought Die Hard was one of the greatest relationship movies of all time. So you know, who told you it wasn't? Well, you know what? No, no, no. I shouldn't take. I should take that. I was not called out, but I was humorously pointed out, like, dude, that is awesome. When I so, I mean, Die Hard, Die Hard is a great relationship movie, and Blues Brothers is a musical. The, the next the next time the next time we're we're celebrating our anniversary i'll i'll be sure to say don't presume to tell me how to follow up i see i tried it go. john i tried, tried it and, and i, I failed i, I tried it, was, it and failed there were no crickets that time <laughs> oh there was something mostly because i something. mostly because i couldn't find the cricket button on the soundboard in time but there were no crickets <laughs> that time <laughs> son of a gun you, you did fine i thought that was great we're all fine here now. So we're all we're all fine here now. How are you? So we've got some major moments in this. I've narrowed it down to five major moments in the movie. And uh, starting off with, we get the very beginning of the movie here. Dr. Crane arrives in the Amazon. This is Dr. Crane. I'm listening. And meets up with her first time. She's bringing some equipment that Dr. Campbell needs. And the first time she meets him, he's maybe a little drunk and also wearing a, a mask of the tribe and, and they're, they're having some kind of a ceremony or festival. And, and so that, that's kind of her first exposure to him. And I think she already thinks that he's gone off the deep end a little bit because it's been, didn't she say something like it's been three years since anybody's heard from him or, or months since they've heard from him and, and yes. really kind of like three years since he really has communicated anything to anybody. Yes. So, yes, he yes he was off grid. Yeah, off the grid. God, that sounds so nice. I'd love to be off the grid. Oh yes. Oh man. Anyway, wishful thinking. So mm-hmm. we also find out that his he, he was married and his wife had been with him, but had left him at some point. And you know, I, I don't really I don't think they go into too much detail as to why she left, but it kind of sounds like it was because of his feelings we learn later on about how he feels responsible for having brought in the swine flu that wiped out mm-hmm. um, a bunch of the native folks that were down there. So obviously kind of related to related to that in some way, but we do get the backstory piece that his wife had been there with him and left him. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So he's been basically on his own with this tribe of, of natives that are there and just doing doing his work, but not really reporting back to anybody on anything. Mm-hmm. So as she helps him, she's there to be his research assistant as well. You know, technically, she probably outranks him in terms of the pharmaceutical company that they work for. She's She seems to be very well known and, and high up in the in the ranks of the scientific community and she's got all these she kind of shares her resume with him a bit and says mm-hmm. look I'm I'm just as good as anybody else you know anybody that you would have wanted to have come here with you I'm I'm just as good if not better than the rest of these people mm-hmm. and so we see on the computer screen that they are running some samples and there is a sample that we learn you know it's it, all these different samples that they've been running there is one component to these samples that we learn if administered to the folks in this community it is able to completely wipe out the symptoms of cancer and leave them cancer free after that so we learned that there had been a woman in the tribe who had developed lumps in her throat and when given the treatment using this serum that it had completely cleared up and gone away i think within a matter of days he said Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, uh, it's, it's this one sample and it's this one little peak. In the end, there can be only one. Yeah, there could be only <laughs> one. I was trying to pull as many Sean Connery quotes as I could find. So there, there can be only one and there is only one and it's peak 37. And so we, we're spending a lot of time trying to figure out and recreate peak 37 mm-hmm. in these experiments. And I think as we ultimately... Ultimately discover we have some great scenes where they go up into the treetops and find that it is this one particular flower that he thinks he's found that is the that is where he's going to develop the cure. He's, he's got the cure for cancer, but he just has not been able to synthesize it. Like he cannot mm-hmm. he cannot take the chemical components and recreate it without having this particular plant. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is that is his dilemma. A challenge. We do go on a search at some point. We go on a search for the medicine man because we need to find out like why are we're running out of this this serum that actually worked, the one that has peak thirty seven. We're running out of it, and there are some other folks within the tribe that are starting to get sick. There's a little boy that gets sick, so they do have to go take a look for the medicine man, the one that he kind of humiliated and who left when he came to uh, when he came to the tribe. I think he said he he. Gave, there was a kid with an upset stomach, so he gave him some Alka-Seltzer, and that was enough to humiliate the medicine man and cause him to go off to another location. Mm-hmm. So a, a big part of the middle of the movie is we are looking for the medicine man. We need to find him so that we can figure out, well, how do we get more of this serum, these flowers? Where else could they possibly be? Why are we not able to recreate what we found in this one sample? As we kind of learn a little bit later on through some of Dr. Crane's experimentation— it may not be the flowers. It may actually be some ants that are kind of living inside the flowers mm-hmm. because that they had that whole scene where she was doing a kind of a baseline test and using some sugar. Mm-hmm. And, so, and I, I vividly remember this scene, having not seen this movie for probably 29 years. Um, mm-hmm. I vividly remember that scene where they're like, what sugar did you use? And he goes and he, they dump it out and there's all the ants that are in the sugar there. And uh, I, it, first of all, that probably established my, my, deep and abiding hatred for ants. I just cannot stand them. So here's the funny thing. I'm going to say, and I, I we'll get into the final judgment. Yeah. I missed that twice. 
I missed final, the whole final and- judgment. What do you, you think? This is the surely you can't be serious podcast. I I'm sorry, man. I'm just I'm I'm giving the shout out to are him you, and and I'm, che- I'm trying to cheating on me with another podcast. I am not cheating on you, John. I'm just making sure to rebuild some of the bridges that got burned about the Oklahoma football comment. I'm just trying. We are empathizing with you, dude. Oklahoma football. <laughs> All right, this is not good. This is not good. Okay, uh, D and Jason, I, I love you guys. Yeah, that's great. Tune in for the uh, you know podcast full of kryptonite to hear Battle Royale season three. <laughs> no, I uh, which actually do tune in for the podcast full of kryptonite because it's outstanding. And uh, it's, surely it's a lot can't of fun. be serious. It is it's a lot of fun. We actually we're trying to we're going to try to plan to do some stuff, even though we're in between seasons of Superman and Lois. We're going to try to do yeah, some, man. like Superman comic book stuff. Dude, wicked awesome. Here's my point, though. That I just want to interject. I missed the ants twice. I've seen oh, really? like we like we discussed. Yeah. And, and it's going to get in. And, and I am I am I more of a fool than I realized? I don't know. But I missed the ants. I'm going to leave and- that for your wife to answer. Oh, no, because we already know that answer. <laughs> but the I guess I vaguely remember the ants. Okay. But then I kind of had to read the recap of the movie. I was reading through, like, synopses and all this kind of thing, and they brought up the ants, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I remember at the end them talking about, well, we're following the ants, but I don't remember. Like, they were like, they dropped the big hints in the movie. I totally missed it. I missed it 30 years ago. I missed it when we rewatched it now. Like, I, I don't know why. Yeah. And this wasn't a movie that I was like watching in the background or watching while I'm driving my car or something like that. Like I was watching the movie. So I'm just throwing that out there. Basically the only thing I've contributed by making that statement is one of your co-hosts, me is a nincompoop. But other than that, I am glad I could offer something. Hey, it's, we're we're all here. We we all have something to offer, Pat. (laughs) Oh, Oh yes, we do. No, I, I, I honestly think like it's, it is a, a kind of quick moment in the movie. And okay. if, I mean, if you do look away, you're going to miss it. Cause the only indication you get that it's not the flowers is when she is washing them off at one point in one scene. And I think there's some ants crawling around it at that point. And, mm-hmm. that, and that's a little bit of a, maybe a little bit of foreshadowing there. And then the moment with the sugar, like the moment he goes, what sugar did you use? And they dump it out and there's the ants in there. And I, to a certain degree, I don't think it's ever, I don't think it's ever explicitly stated that peak 37 comes from the ants. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of those, like you could maybe like a little bit of a longer blink, but you blink twice and you miss it. But yeah, it's not, it, I, I don't, I wouldn't fault you for feeling like you missed that. And you're like, Oh man, I'm, I'm an idiot for missing that. I don't think so. I think it, I think those moments happen pretty quick. Yeah. And, and I just, and again, I, just because we're talking about this as a major moment, I was thinking of, okay, what other movies kind of had like a hint like that? And this is a total like outside left coming out of left field type deal. But okay. Spoilers for Harry Potter. Anybody that hasn't read Harry Potter Mm -hmm. or watched the Harry Potter movies turn off now. Okay. Enough of a spoiler warning. Chamber of secrets, Harry Potter. There's a little situation where they got spiders and throughout the movie and throughout the book, they're always referencing like a line of spiders walking away or a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they drop those clues, but it's not like a hit you over the head. Like, oh, hey, look, there's spiders and there's a big reveal. They drop. Oh, well, it's just something they notice. Mm-hmm. Then they bring yeah. it back as the noticing. Then they have then they expanded a little bit more like the way they did that. 
it was more obvious to the audience, like, hey, there's a clue here. Chekhov's spiders are crawling around. And I mean, right. it's it's like it was there, and then when it when they pay it off at the end, it kind of like makes sense. Maybe it's me, maybe it's the movie, but that was one thing I struggled with. I was like, okay, where where are the hints kind of building this up to the big reveal? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and in fact, when I well, this gets into the the, the you know, our deeper thoughts, but it's like that was something I struggled with it when I saw it 30 years ago, I was like, okay, well I I didn't see it as a big reveal. I I just missed it. This time I watched it, I picked up on the ants. But it was kind of like a well, it's just kind of coming out of nowhere because I missed all those clues. So, yeah. you know, if I'm as much of a dunce as I think I am, well, then I guess the movie probably doesn't need to make those clues more obvious. But if I'm not as much of a dunce as I think I am, then maybe they could have brought that up a little bit more just to kind of have a little bit more build for the audience. Yeah. I, to, I, I don't know. Just quote, my thoughts on them. That's okay. On I, the ants. To to quote T. S. Eliot, I, I think that the big reveal came not with a bang, but with a whimper. Mm, okay. So I think you're okay. Good. I, All right. I, I don't I don't fault you for it. Okay. And you know me, if I get a chance to pick on somebody, I'm gonna pick on them. I I yeah, <laughs> I think I think your comments about the football teams have maybe done that already. I wasn't even gonna do that. I was gonna say the whole wax on, wax off thing with Bo. I poor Bo's You're not the even one. here. Why He's are you roasted. why are you picking on the poor guys at the, the with the Oklahoma football stuff? Like why I'm not haven't I'm haven't not. they haven't they dealt with enough? <laughs> See, it's just it's never ending, John. It's never ending. We don't I, it doesn't need to be this way. I I mean that that Oklahoma has a lot of tornadoes. I don't know why you think I'm tying this back to football. All right, man. I'm just going to sit over here in my corner of the podcast okay. and wait for the messages from our good friends to roll in. That's okay. all I'm saying. All right. I've got like maybe a week before this gets published. So we've, we've, okay. got, some, we've got some time. Steal yourself because right. we'll be ready. Basically, all roads lead to deforestation. Yeah. At the end of the movie. And ultimately, there is a there's a there's a fight scene. There's some explosions. There's... You know, this is where John McTiernan pulls out his uh, diehard stuff. And, uh, yeah, so we, we have a confrontation. There's there's the hint that it's coming because the, the smoke, they can see the smoke of the road being cleared out through the rainforest, and it's getting closer and getting closer throughout the movie. And then ultimately we do have that, you know, he does confront when, when they're kind of realizing that it's, it's upon the village, like it's going mm-hmm. faster than they thought. And he does try to confront them and stop them, and there's a fight, and there's explosions, and and all that, and then that's kind of where everything ends. Is the village is completely destroyed, and all of their work is pretty much eradicated, and they have decided at this point that they are just gonna they're gonna kind of go deeper into the jungle, follow the the tribe to wherever they go next, and they'll just continue their their work and their research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and that, that brings us to the end of the movie. Here end of the life. Pat, did we miss any major moments we need to talk about before we talk a little bit more deep thoughts? No, deep thoughts time, my friend. Okay. All right. It is now time for deep thoughts. And now, deep thoughts. <gasps> All right. All right, so deep thoughts for this one. We've actually already started talking about our deep thoughts a little bit, but so two things, two things I wanted to mention. I mean, Sean Connery, all right, three things. Sean Connery is good in everything he does. I don't know that I've yep. seen a bad 
Let me take that back. I don't know that I've seen a bad Sean Connery performance. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there are some bad movies he's been in. I believe there was one called Outlander that was a sci-fi movie, and I don't think the movie is great, but I'm sure he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sean Connery, awesome. The two things I want to talk about in particular are, and I don't want to talk about it for too long because we already started to talk about it a little bit, is Lorraine Bracco and that she got she got nominated for a Razzie because of her performance in this movie. I think, and I think if this movie were made today, I hope and pray that her character would be a little less whiny than she is in this movie. Totally agree with you. Like, I feel like they wrote her to be, she's supposed to be this renowned scientist who's, who's on mm-hmm. par with everybody else on par or above right. everybody else. Like she has all this experience and yet she comes across as a very whiny. Well, I'm, I'm just going to say it a very whiny love interest. And I really don't think that's what her character should be. I mean, and they keep in the in the advertisements and everything else, and in that little synopsis they had, all while falling in love. What? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I yeah. see her. I see her. I see some affection there that she has for him, and I see professional respect that grows because she thought he was kind of kooky when she first showed up. Yeah. I I just don't see the falling in love piece. Boy, there, if if they are, there's no chemistry. Like it's to to take the scientific medical route, there's no chemistry to that falling in love. So I don't see it as a love story. I see it as a couple of professionals who become respected colleagues and friends by the time this is all done, to the point where she's willing to probably spend the rest of her life working with him. But I I just don't see it as a love thing. Yeah, I I agree, hard agree, and you know. That was what I was saying before. Like for me, the accent thing, I, I really like n- not a factor yeah. kind of deal yeah. for me. And the it, was factor, only, it was only a tiny factor for me. There were a couple of times right. where the accent was so thick. I was like, yikes. Well, it it was kind of like they, yes, it was almost like they took the character out of Goodfellas and put it here. Yeah. And it was kind of like, and it was so wonderful in Goodfellas when she would stand up to, What's his name? The uh, Ray Liotta character. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and just, okay, Buster, nobody blows me off for a day. And it was kind of like, wow, she's like squaring off with this like wise guy. And I mean, it's like, it worked so well. Yeah. In this, it, it, it was almost just like that, you know, that's not, we don't want that character here. Right. I struggled with exactly what you said. It was that, it was that, okay, so we put a female character in here. And yes, I'm looking at this from the 21st century and yes, I'm going to judge it, but it's like, we put the female character in here just to be someone that falls in love with Sean Connery Mm -hmm. and someone that screams when the snake appears. Right. And it's just like, really? So if I'm watching this movie with my daughter and she turns to me at nine years old and says, dad, why is the girl like always screaming and, and like always in trouble and needing to be rescued? Do you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I, so I look at this and it's just kind of like I cringe. <laughs> and I, and I, I, mean, I can't I, tell. I can't tell if it's writing, or if it's direction, or right. if it's her performance. Because things yeah. like things like the screaming when she sees the snake kind of a deal. I mean that's that's writing. That's mm-hmm. that's writing and that's direction. 
but it's like some of her delivery of some of her lines is a little so it's not awesome she much better performance in goodfellas and i think much much better character much more well written you know so i but i just i can't tell in this one i don't know not that i'm trying to blame somebody but the the times where her performance feels a bit off I just I don't know if it's her, if it's the director, if it's the writer. I just I'm not sure. Yeah, I, and boy, again, like I'm just gonna keep putting my underscore. Like I'm just a caveman, not aware of these pot modern. I can't judge those things. Like I I'm not sure and all that. But Sean Connery is amazing, mm-hmm. and you gotta bring your A game. Not just her, but like if you're going to have two actors like like that. And so I think sometimes it just because Sean Connery just, you know, has, has so much gravitas when he acts, you got to be very careful who you get to play across from him and act with and how that person is portrayed. And like I said, when it's per, the way it was portrayed, I just I think that's unfortunate. And I think we've got to do better. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Agreed. Like, and I mean, I know we're going to talk about this movie in a year, but look at Jurassic Park. Yeah. Look at Dr. Sadler in, yeah. in Jurassic Park. I mean, that was only one year later. So it's not that far off. It's like, there's it's not, really, not, it's there's not, not really that far off. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and again, and, and I mean, you had, think about Ellen Ripley in 1986. I know. And then, she, and then, and then, well, uh, and when, not even that Ellen Ripley in 1979. Right. And what about Ellen Ripley when she played the one doctor that went and hung out with the apes? Right. Right. So I mean, the mist. Yeah. I mean, that's so I feel like there's there's no excuse at this point like that, that piece of it then. So then that, I guess, falls into writing. Yeah, I I think I think we can expect a little bit better. And and so just that that bit about that character, that's how I struggled. And why does why does the female character have to be the one that falls in love with the male? Like, why mm-hmm. does that have to be a thing? Right. Like, a, until you said it was a love story and that they fell in love, yeah. I totally either blanked that out or pretended not to see, see, or suck my head in the sand. Like, what? Why? No, it was you know? there, there was a scene that you missed, Pat. It was when they dumped out the sugar bowl and there were all the ants in it. As they okay. were reaching for the ants, their hands touched. Okay. It was it was is all that, in that scene, and then they looked at each other, and and it was all in that. So you must have gone to the bathroom during that scene. Okay, is yeah okay. Something like that happened in a recent Star Wars movie too, right? There were two. They reached for the same lightsaber, or I don't know. I mean, and it was just kind of an out of I, nowhere. I don't recall there thing. being a Star Wars movie where a couple of people reach for the same lightsaber. Okay, I don't know. There was something, but my point, dude. Are you talking okay, about a movie the where they, they tried to force a love story on something? No, no, they wouldn't do that. Not were, in the last two minutes of a four-hour movie. They wouldn't do that at all. No. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, the last Star Wars ended with episode eight, so I don't know what you're talking about. I I, I don't know what I'm referencing. I mean, it's just. I'm still waiting for episode nine to come out. I really hope they do that soon. Yeah, I just a random, like, mm-hmm. and then I'm sitting there with my son trying to say, like, well, no, that doesn't make any sense. I can't, yeah. I, I got nothing for you. I don't yeah. know. Let's watch some starships blow up. Son, this is I one mean, of those things that even the adults don't understand. Yeah. So, so, so bringing it back, I, I, I just, that was a struggle in this movie, watching that and seeing that character. And it was the female character. And as opposed to making her an equal, it was like the out of depth kind of, and it was just, 
come on, yeah. come on. We, we, we really need to be better. Yeah. And I mean, make her struggle with the snakes and the animals and like, okay, the brand new boots that you need an owner's manual. Okay. Make him struggling with his past and really play up the idea that when he was talking to the medicine man, like he couldn't do that. She had to be the one to do that. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, really, you know, that whole idea of, well, needs of the many needs of the few. He wanted to rescue the kid. She didn't. Hey, we've, we can save civilization as opposed to one kid, like make that the struggle, make the movie about that. Holy buckets. That'd be an incredible story. And but there was that, it was like, there was that really impactful line where he's like one kid only, please. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But do you get what I'm saying? Like there were so many opportunities with this movie that they could really, you know, within the, the landscape of slash and burn of the Amazon rainforest bad, which was really hitting it in the, in the, this time period. You could have had some really interesting things focused on, but it's like, okay, but you're going to have like a love story and, right. and I'm sorry, but like the Hollywood trope of the, the leading man is, could, is old enough to be your father. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it's always that way. I mean, it's just like, like that. And the more I think about it, the more I just get, it's just, yeah. So it's, that it's was, just, it's just that, a bad, it's bad juju, Pat. Yeah. And that was, that was my struggle with it. So I like, I don't, I think it's very, like a Razzie would be like extremely unfair. I mean, like I I really do. Like, I think maybe judge the movie and say, you guys got to do better. You know, (laughs) I I just, that was a, that's kind of my, that's kind of my full thoughts on that one. On that, on that, and the character. It's, it was some bad juju. And as we know in Latin, juju begins with an I, I. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, Pat, the one other thing I wanted to talk about before, mm-hmm. and 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 Bo is being nice because he just now hopped in on the call, and he's like, I think he's like, like waiting until we're done with this recording to go on to the next one. But he did yeah. turn his camera on just enough to shake his head at me after I said that. Yeah. If yeah, this I, if this was uh, Greatest Generation and I had the bell noise, that would be the title of the episode. So yes. The only other thing that I wanted to talk about, and then, Pat, if you've got anything else before we get into three questions, was the music, because the music is outstanding in this movie. Yeah, it's the I music really, carried it. really, really enjoyed. Like, all those moments that I, I had, let's see, I, I pulled one of them out to play here for a second. I think this is the one. This is kind of like the main theme that runs through the majority of the movie. On the soundtrack, it's called The Trees. So this is The Trees by Jerry Goldsmith. problem is it's so beautiful i think i broke copyright law by letting it play for that long <laughs> but let it play but, man let the music play but i think i'm okay with it mm-hmm. yeah i mean just just looking back on jerry goldsmith's 
career and the soundtracks that he did, it just I can hear little bits of of different ones that I know from the past. Like I'm I can hear a little bit of some of the kind of the the childlike tune from Poltergeist. I can hear a little bit from his Star Trek scores. You know, I can I can hear a little bit. I don't hear much from the Burbs, but you know, that's a little bit different. Yeah, um, different. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing just little bits of, of the, but then it is, it stands on its own as just this beautiful encapsulation of the, the story of where they are. They're in this untouched, for the most part, untouched land, just kind of the majesty of the whole thing. You get all, you get the scenes of being high up in these trees, the waterfalls, the, like all of these different, just kind of the, the majesty of the movie and of the place. And I think the music just captures that perfectly. Yes. I think a lot of the music really was uh, helped to, for me to carry the scenes. A lot mm. of this movie didn't, it didn't quite hit it on the, but the climax mm-hmm. thing for me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like, Oh, this is cool that you're seeing different scenes, but it was like, I need some action. I need a drama. I need some high, a high point. Like I said, it doesn't need to be like action movie chase scene type stuff, but let there be a, a, a debate, a philosophical debate about do we save the one person or save everybody? Let there be some scientific discovery thing where they realize heightened tension. Oh my gosh, it's the ants, you know? And then that final thing where he gets into the fight is kind of like, okay, we're trying to protect this area because we found it's the ants. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, like a lot of the movie just kind of didn't quite, didn't quite build to the climax, like ebb and flow, like I would expect. The music kind of was what, for me, kept it tolerable. In fact, that final scene, or that fight scene, I was confused. Like the music's going, I'm like, okay, this is intense. Something intense is happening. And I'm looking at the screen and I'm just like, okay, there was, there's a bulldozer and it's just sitting there. Okay. Why am I just looking at this bulldozer? The music's intense. Something bad is happening. Then it panned over and Sean, and it was kind of cool. The fight with Sean Connery and those guys, the way they did the fight. But for the first, like almost maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds, minute, we're just looking at a bulldozer and a sunscape. And it was like, okay, I'm not sure what I'm looking at here. The music was what was telling me what was happening. So I agree. Like, I, I think the music really, the music really helped save it and keep the, keep the movie going. Yeah. All right. Pat, do you have anything else before we jump into three questions? I, I don't think so. Like I said, I just, I, I really, easy to blame faceless, nameless, the system. I, I, like nothing against Lorraine Bracco because, I mean, great actress. The things I've seen her in, awesome. I, I just really didn't like her her character's characterization. I think we need to do better. I think we need to expect better and expect more from characters and the way they write them and create them and all that kind of thing. So that's that. I thought it's an interesting movie. I, I wonder if the more I watch it, the more I'll like it Mm -hmm. because when at first, like I said, I want more, I want there to be more from it, but I just, I remember when this came out and all that slash and burn stuff was like, boy, that was all over the news that this is happening and it's bad. And, in lieu of recent events and everything. Like I, I just, yeah, I, I, I find it interesting through our discussion. I'm like, 
I think I might like this movie more if I just every year just come or every couple of years come back to it and see see what see what we have to see. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It's got some warts, but you know, overall I, mm-hmm. I enjoy it. You know, it's one that maybe in a few more years I, I might watch it again, but it won't be on a regular rotation. But it, it was funny to me having only watched this once roughly twenty nine years ago, how much of this movie I did remember. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty well lodged in my brain. All right. I think it's time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, question number one. What movie character has rocked the best ponytail? Oh, man. Uh, movie character, and, and, okay. So, and Bo, we, so I, I know can... you were, I know you were staying quiet to get in on the next recording, Bo. But feel free to jump in and do your three questions if you want. Okay, okay. Hey, Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. Hey, Bo. Hey, Pat. Hey, John. How are you? Good. Oh, we're grand. And this is movie character, movie. not TV show. We're limiting right. it, right? I'll allow. Yes. It. Oh. Do you want me to limit it? Would not... that make it easier for you? Yeah, it would. Okay. Yeah, it would. just movie characters then. Because a, a later question says movie slash TV. So, yes, we'll stick to movie characters. Okay. 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 So, what do you got for me? Bo, do you want to go first? Sure. I've got Travolta from Pulp Fiction, Vincent Vega. Mm-hmm. I, I know they had to use extensions to make it look that beautiful, but still. All right. Solid. Yeah. It's, it just talks about rocking the ponytail. It's, it's not whether it's actual hair. Right. Right. And believe me, I understand Pat's frustration. There are some solid runners up in this category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there are. <sighs> what do you got, Pat? I'm, I'm struggling. So the one that like came to mind right away was Terry Silver from uh, Karate Kid 3. Yeah. It's a classic, That's, isn't it? It it is a classic, and anybody that watches Cobra Kai, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you know, I I see. I, I thought you'd go for somebody else. I, I'll be curious to see. I want to hear what you say because I I have one in particular that I thought you might pick. But okay, I, do you want me to do my runners up, or do you want to go through yeah, yours do, first? Do your runners up. Are you going Terry Silver as your answer? I I think I have to. Like I'm I'm okay. really like that's the one that jumped out in my mind. So the only other one. That I've got to, uh, the the only other one that I've got to say is uh, Danny DeVito from Twins. I mean, that was pretty. That oh, was yeah. that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think I really, I really think that's it. I mean, unless we're talking like, it's kind of different, but like, like any of the samurai movies where the guys have their hair pulled back and it, like a top knot, which looks pretty awesome, and right. and all that. I, unless I am totally blanking on one, I, I kind of got to go with my gut. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that's what I got. So some of the ones I was thinking of, you've got, well, you've got the villain in Kindergarten Cop. 
Chris. Yep. That's that's pretty iconic. You've got who else was I thinking? Well, I thought of Terry Silver as well. You've got Antonio Banderas in Desperado. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've got Samuel Jackson has uh, has a pretty pretty nice one in Jackie Brown. He does. Mm-hmm. The some of the other runners up I was thinking of were Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in Interview with the Vampire. Yes. The one Pat that I thought you were going to go for was Val Kilmer in Heat. Val Kilmer in Heat. I was just yeah. about to say Chris Chaharlis. Okay. That was yeah. You know what? Yes. Yes, that was the one I was forgetting. Yeah. That uh, was. If if you want to go yeah. creepy, there was the villain in Twelve Monkeys. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like creepy yes. stringy ponytail ponytail. I'm gonna okay, so I'm gonna kind of break my rule here a little bit. Who and, are you? Yeah, me. Never. I'm gonna break my rule, and I am going because only because I think I might want people to go Google some images of this movie and <laughs> and get in trouble at work for googling images of this movie. Okay. I'm gonna break my rule, and I'm not going to choose a movie character. I'm just going to say, say I'm going to say, I'm going to say my answer is Sean Connery himself. Oh. And I'm going to give you some examples. I'm going to say this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Highlander. Because mm-hmm. when he's Ramirez in Highlander, he's got a little bit of a ponytail going on there. But the one that I'm I'm really going to, because I, I really just want people to tweet at me angrily. because they, No, they, John, they, they don't do it. Just, I want them to Google search no. Sean Connery. No. In the movie Zardoz from 1974. Oh, no. Oh, John. So go Google that and then send me angry tweets and emails telling me that your HR department talked to you and Oh no, John. Did we you can't. Google it, Pat? Well, I, I was aware before I Googled. You were aware? <laughs> yes. I was aware of what you were I was aware of what you were inflicting. You, you knew. Much like the road being driven through the Amazon rainforest, you knew that this was coming. And and that mm. it would be a fiery disaster. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I think Pat. I think Bo just found the pictures. Yeah, I think it's Bo. Okay, what? what let me let me get let me get to the camera here and mm. and what status is Bo in? Is he all is we, he lost it or is he okay? All we need is Sean Connery's character in Zardoz to be holding a towel with a bowling ball in it. Then okay. it's over. Then it's over. Yeah. Then yeah. We're done. Actually, I, this might be my next costume at the the comic book convention. <laughs> There you go. It doesn't require yeah. a lot of fabric. <laughs> no, that's that's true. It, uh, oh it, my gosh! It it does not. That's definitely not wearing it for warmth. No, no, not at all. And I love the fact that that anybody who has no idea what Zardoz is is just guessing right now, or they're frantically Googling. If you're driving, please don't Google either, because that'll, yeah. even if you're not driving, it's oh, yeah, that'll ruin your day. probably not a not a good idea, but yeah. Anyway, Halloween this year, maybe depending on how cold Halloween is, that could be a costume. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. get to know the neighbors a little bit better. All right, question number two. Do you have a favorite song by The Cure? I'm just going to say I don't listen that much to The Cure, so I wouldn't know one of their tunes or not. There might be like, oh, this tune, you know, but I just. I was just going to say, Pat, there's two or three you would be surprised. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I do know that one. Uh Well, yeah. Not a ton, but there's definitely two or three that you would latch on to and be like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Because I started listening through to some of them, like, okay, well, some of this sounds like I know I've heard this in a movie. You know, I don't, I don't tend to listen to The Cure just on its own. I mean, I might. I, I liked a lot of the songs I was listening to earlier today. Mm-hmm. But so, if I had to pick out, because I don't listen to them regularly, if I had to pick out one from the ones that I listen to, I think I probably like the song "Just Like Heaven" a little bit more mm-hmm. than some of the other ones. So I, that might be the one I'd pick. But yeah, it's it's the Cure is not something that I'm as familiar with, and not something that I would tend to gravitate towards. But I was enjoying listening to what I listened to today. Cool. So, but what about you? Did you have one? Yeah, I think Friday. I'm in love. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a couple that that I recognize, but that's the one that I think I I chose. After scrolling through the Apple Music Essentials, The Cure, I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I remember those. Yeah. Oh, I will. Uh, I'll share because I, I forgot. Dennis had also texted and had some of his responses on here. He said for the ponytail, he said Legolas, mm. Lord of the Rings, Doctor mm-hmm. Moonlight, Graham from Field of Dreams, and he said runner-up the Mash cast, B.J. Honeycutt. If I had to pick one, okay. Oh, and I guess Dennis and I picked the same song. For The Cure, he said Just Like Heaven, and he said his runners-up were Pictures of You and Plain Song. Cool. Oh. All right, question three. Who's your favorite movie-slash-TV doctor? Does it have to be a medical doctor? Probably not, because my answers were not medical doctors to begin with. Oh, wait a minute. Jumping back, I just thought of something. Hang on. Yeah, go for it. Monica Bellucci has a ponytail in Tears of the Sun. Done. And there we go. There you go. Question one. Question okay. one. All right. Sorry. Fair enough. I, I, I digress. Hold on. You digest? Okay. While, while you're answering question three, let me, I'm going to, Jennifer Connelly ponytail. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> there it is. There it go, is. That's the search go, right there. Go ahead. Please, talk amongst yourselves. I'll give you a topic. Okay, John we'll, we'll, John, we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks the, so much for hosting. The Holy Roman um, Empire was neither holy nor Roman nor an empire. Discuss. Discuss. Oh, man. So, Bo, who do you got for, uh, I'm just checking out pictures from Tears of the Sun. What are we talking about again? Movie and I TV have no doctors. idea. Movie and TV doctors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bones McCoy in any iteration yes. you could choose. Yep, yep, And yep. Shoot. I'm going to look at my own text messages that I've had. Oh, Dr. Richard Kimball. Yes. Because mm-hmm. how can you go wrong? Mm-hmm. I didn't kill my wife. I don't I t- care. I don't care. I don't care. Yes, I love it. God, I, f- I feel like I, I said it. that so much at work this week. I don't care. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think it was my fault that this went down. I don't care. I, I I love the Bones McCoy. That's awesome. I, and then my knee-jerk reaction is to say the doctor in Deep Space Nine. Mm. Yes. And he's awesome. I might have to go Voyager doctor, and just say... Dr. Bashir. Dr. Bashir. But I might have to go Voyager and just say the doctor because yeah. the whole hologram and is it a... I just thought that was such an incredible character arc and study and philosophical kind of like discussion like as that show developed okay he's a he's a hologram but is he a real person i or is is he a is he a being like i i just really thought that was cool so yeah i just really 
And I just like how he he was played. It was Picardo. What was his name? Yeah, um, Robert Picardo. Robert Picardo. Yeah. So, anyways, I uh, I might have to name him on that list. But let's see. I love Deep Space Nine, so I got to say Doctor Bashir as well. The one that I'm going to say that, is Doctor. M- may I just may I just say that I think even having just the fact that you included Doctor Bashir from Deep Space Nine, I think that choice is just golden. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nice. no no is is he not your number one <laughs> i'm sorry go ahead continue i i got nothing i got nothing just Talk amongst yourselves <laughs> Bo, j- j- i'm i'm Bo, stuck i'm stuck on google images right now so you guys i talking. bet just so you know Bo, our illustrious host has probably alienated half of half of our viewer listenership and everything in the early parts of this episode. So I'm just, we're on, we're on thin ice. If you know, if you catch my drift, Oklahoma's, yeah, so Oklahoma's gone, Bo. Oklahoma, the whole state of Oklahoma is just gone. Oh, yeah. well, the, the texts are going to be coming in a week from now. I'm telling you guys. I know. I know. Anyways, I, I have to say Dr. Emmett L. Brown. Ah, yes, that, well that was, played, that sir. Was gonna be, that was going to be one of my runner runners up. Oh, okay, and and he's going to have to be my number because as like growing up as a kid, like he was funny, he yeah. was crazy, but he was smart, resourceful, and whatever situation he was in, he could like you know fix it and make it work. And I I, I just yeah that that'll have to be my number one. Yeah. Yep. I'm I'm gonna go with Doc Holiday. Mm. Nicely chosen. Tombstone. I, I I have to go with that one. That's yeah. I did have Doc Brown as as one of my other backups. The other one that I would like to go with is I'm trying to remember what his what like the actual character's name is from the movie. I almost wanted to also go with Steve Martin's character as the dentist in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Or, or, and and here you go, this could be the ultimate choice of all. I didn't necessarily say they had to be medical doctors. I could go with Dr. Henry Indiana Jones Jr. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm going to go with, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with Doc Holliday. All right. That does it for our three questions. That's going to do it for this episode. If you have not gone to our website lately, go there. There's plenty of other ways you can interact with the show, get all of our past episodes and whatnot. Our next episode's coming up for this month. If you are not with us on Patreon, head over there. Uh, Any level of support on there gets you access to all the bonus episodes. We've got the Dark Crystal. Our Patreon shorts this month are Cat People and Q the Winged Serpent. All of these, I think all of those are on Tubi. So it's it's kind of fun to go like track down these old movies and, and find them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then coming up next, we've got Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. We're doing a special with one of our Patreon co-executive producers. Rob Perry is going to join us for The Wrath of Khan 40th anniversary special. That's going to be a fun one. I will hazard mm-hmm. a guess and say that that probably will be a little bit longer episode, just knowing us. Mm-hmm. I would think that's a safe bet. Knowing us and yes. knowing that movie, we may get our, our discussion and our quoting of the movie and whatnot may get trapped in the Mutara Nebula. Yeah. So And is restricted. Is, Sorry, wrong movie. Is podcast but, forbidden. 
should be anyway. It's, it, it might be by the time we're done. And then after that, we've got Lorenzo's Oil, Forever Young, and Death Becomes Her. Then in October, our Patreon is The Last House on the Left from 1972. And then our Patreon shorts will be Airplane 2 and The Secret of Nim, both from 1982. Our regular episodes in October will be Bram Stoker's Dracula, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Army of Darkness, and, dare I say it, one of the greatest movies of all time, Alien 3. Well, there went the other half of the listening audience. I was going to say, you are that just was... knocking them down tonight, aren't you? How was work today, Joe? Oh, it was, it was, it was awesome, Pat. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. The beaches are open. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm, you know. Oh, man. Oh, we're all, man. We're all fine here. Thanks. What do they, what do they call that? The scorched earth policy? Yes. Hey, yes. hey man. You know what? Sometimes the guy's got to draw a line in the sand. Every, That's all we're doing. Everybody knows. That's all you're doing. Everybody knows I'm kidding. I'm I'm totally kidding. I am not. I mean, there might be a little tiny bit. No, but I'm I'm kidding. I I kid because I care. <laughs> I'm not. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Wax on. Wax off, boy. Oh, <laughs> see, okay. there it is. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. That's uh-huh. that's that's the I'm, arena you entered. I'm. Okay, I, honestly, I'm kidding about all of it. I, I love Oklahoma. I, my grandmother's from Oklahoma, so I can't I can't not like Oklahoma. I won't talk about the like sports teams, but you know, and I'm I'm I've honestly I'm kidding about everything except the fact that Alien Three is one of the best movies ever. It's hey man, you know what? It's all good. You know, we'll, all just, good. we'll we'll find out. Everybody's gonna, let's get to October, and then we'll see what is and what isn't. Yes, that's all I'm saying. Yep. I'm saying yeah, well, we just have to remember to discuss what is is first. Get, give give peace a chance and give David Fincher a chance, I think. So all I am saying. Exactly. Okay, Bo, so far you're the only person that hasn't sung on this episode, so it's your turn. Nope. nope. You don't want that. I don't want that. Post COVID me can't handle it. So no, not yeah. doing it. It's the same thing Pat said about his Sean Connery impersonation. Oh, that I'll do. Uh, there we go. Your Canadian punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm gets, all I'm, I was saying, Joe, I, I cannot wait for Star Trek 2. I still get goosebumps and chills when I hear Leonard Nimoy say, now entering the Mutara Nebula. That was like a perfect line read. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Yep. All right, everybody. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. And we'll see you back here next time. <laughs>